told me that in this lifetime it's really difficult to be fearless but you can always fear a little less each day to achieve your goal do you want to know who i'm speaking about well let's talk to her in this episode Shani Nigam and you have tuned into my first step ever podcast. I realized life's too short to postpone your dreams and too long to live someone else's. So after failing thousand times and finally on a journey to fulfill my dreams of impacting people's life through what I do the best, entertain and educate through podcasting, digital content creation and thought leadership. On this podcast, I uncover stories that help you see why you must do what you want in life, build conviction to follow them, and how to build systems to sustain them. And if you are an entrepreneur or a brand seeking exactly the same, then I'm up for a chat on my Instagram handle, which is at myfirststepever_in. But for now, if you want to achieve your goals and build never-failing systems, Then what are you waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome on my first step ever. A podcast where we share really really interesting, genuine and amazing stories of success which lies in everyone's failure which is a step towards success. We over here try to define failure as the most important step towards success, but what you do with your failure is exactly what decides if you're moving towards your success or you still have a bit of time to move towards it so on this episode of my first step ever i am extremely thrilled and excited to welcome a really outstanding woman i'm going to share with you the journey that she has been but i'm so excited that she's here with us please join me in welcoming dipashree das all the way from india hi dipashree hi shani thank you so much for having me thanks a lot I am so excited. I think uh, before I say anything about you, I'll just drop the mic on this note if I could that we have content and head brand marketing of Netflix with us. I think a lot of you who watch like love binge watching would be interested to know person who's driving all these amazing stories campaigns behind it all over the world today. But moving on, she is more and much more than what she's doing. it's more her character how what she has built so far and what makes her her dipashri so dipashri she has honed honed her content skills as a business journalist and a producer at channel news asia singapore and at ndtv profit india she started her career at hindustan unilever overseas overseeing brand innovation for iconic brands like lirel and breeze now i would also like to say she has amassed a lot a lot of amazing titles awards some of them being top 30 women in content marketing 2022 asia's women leader 2021 by cmo asia and there's lots many more that i think you would be interested to know about her but before we get into anything more this award winning market leader i would like to ask dipashri let's go back in your childhood days like let's talk about who were you when you were a kid and what shaped your mindset back then 
thank you ishani first of all uh, thank you for such a glorious introduction i am very very you know fortunate to be a small part of a really outstanding stellar team at netflix india just to clarify i lead content and brand marketing for the films portfolio at netflix india so if you have loved the films that we have on netflix uh, i and my amazing team have something to do with it you know i love the idea of the podcast when ishani invited me i said you know what's I, I think it all begins in our childhood in some form or manner. So me as a child, well, that's where interesting starts. So I'm actually from a really small town in India. I'm from this uh, small town called Shillong in Meghalaya. Very, very humble uh, beginnings. I, my father came to, my late father came to uh, Shillong as a refugee. That's the non-glamorous term that we use for immigrants, right? I mean, might as well call it what it is, right? It's uh, an Ill- illegal immigrant in those days uh, when the Bangladesh-India sort of partition happened when the two, when the one country became two countries. He he came as a refugee. He lost everything that he had, and he had to set base up all over again. And Meghalaya and Assam at that point were obviously sharing borders with what then became Bangladesh. And a lot of Bengal or Bangla refugees came to settle. So that's much later, of course. I when he got married, much later, I was born. it was as you can imagine it was it was i i think of my childhood as that of abundance in uh in love in you know knowledge in opportunities but not the kind of abundance that children these days uh see i i think i the only holidays we ever went on was to our grandparents house in assam <laughs> and and probably one trip to delhi and the golden triangle when we were much older in our teens but today every child i see before they are 6 months old they are jetting off to the maldives or to australia or or what what have you right or at least at bare best they are going to bangkok or goa right uh, that privilege wasn't ours really but we never felt the lack of it we, we were just happy going to the nearest waterfall because shillong for those of you who haven't been it's beautiful it's stunning right so we always felt we had enough so as a child I was extremely uh, curious. I was getting myself in a lot of trouble and uh, my mom, my mom and dad are responsible respectively for two of the clear traits that I have. So I'll tell you what what those two are. My dad uh, taught me that nothing is impossible. And I and I and I believe it to this day. He taught he taught me that you can have anything that you want and in a good way, right? Not not at the cost of other human beings or you know causing misery to others but if you choose to be something and if you choose if you keep your focus on what he used to call the eye of the bird and we can talk about that's a reference from the mahabharata uh you can have that you can be that person you can have what you want and i as a child just thought if my dad saying that it must be right okay i never questioned that and i believe that and i believe that to this day my mom on the other hand is responsible for one of the strongest traits that i have which is my ability to go up on any stage any forum and not have possibly more than 4 to 5 seconds of stage fright i'm not even i'm not even showing off it's just some people have no fear of heights right they can jump off a plane they can jump off a mountain i am that person when it comes to the stage and i i think i owe it all to my mom she put me on stage when i was two and a half years old for a person who's been on stage at two and a half years old and completely made a full show of themselves so you can imagine now when i go up on stage i have 3 seconds of absolute fear 
and then another person takes over i love connecting with people i love uh, talking to people i love communicating uh, whether that's on stage whether that's in person whether what we are doing i i, I feel that uh, that's who we are as human beings right uh, so i think both of them gave me that skill and i think i chose my career or my career chose me uh, at a very young age i used to sit my parents down and read the local newspaper of of shillong it was called the shillong times to them and they'd Exciting. be like why yeah like but they, they would be like ishani they'd be like why are you reading it out to us we are we can read it ourselves but i'd be like no i'll read it to you like in those days because i'm much older right like it used to be doordarshan and i used to be like i'll read it to you like the news readers of doordarshan so i'd make the music myself and then i'd be like now presenting to you the evening news right and we didn't have cable so that's all i knew so that was essentially me as a child um yeah i i i, I like i said my career chose me and being from a small town i think you know from the very beginning that the one way to nurture and have big dreams is probably one day to leave that small town and it and it always comes with a tinge of regret that the place that you call home you know that it's always going to be temporary you know what i mean wow. it's like you always think of yourself as the girl from the small town with big dreams but that's who you are and that, that's that's who you always will probably be so it's it's definitely true your childhood plays such an important <laughs> role in the coming years is your future your adulthood because that really shapes you your thinking your beliefs and it's so amazing to see that you had that stemming from the very beginning through your father and through your mother and as you say that they came as refugees i think they had a lot of other responsibilities as well to make you feel that this is your home and that you are no less than other and i think they have done an amazing yeah. job in that sense and that's that's why and that's how we can see all the confidence written all over wherever i read about you whatever i read about you and now that i'm speaking to you i see that interest that genuine passion uh, and i can see where it stems from so divashree moving from there like you had a, a confident childhood i would say but i'm sure as you were growing up you might had different experiences while you were in yeah. the real world you have done your post graduate from a very reputed universe indian university which is lady shriram college the best i would say in its league how was your experience getting through that college and was there ever a time over there you felt out of place if yes how did you overcome that and if no what made you not feel that way that's such a great question so i did my graduation from lsr and that's in in itself is a very interesting story shani because uh, as someone from a small town you don't necessarily back in the day not now back in the day you don't choose humanities as a as a as your graduation right, right? you will either choose to become a doctor or an engineer an architect something that is going to provide you a livelihood now why would someone from a very humble background with no trust fund to their name or you know my parents barely had or have a retirement fund it was extremely progressive of them to agree to do that uh, so one of my mom's colleagues said that uh, she is talented she is smart you can't just because she doesn't i was very clear i don't want to do science i i am not cut out for that i am not an engineer i am not a 
God knows I'm not a doctor because I fainted the day I had to cut open a frog in my biology class and I, I just couldn't. I was just like, how are we cutting open this li- not, not living, but whatever, non-living uh, dead frog? So that ship sailed for me very quickly. I always knew I wanted to be in media and content, but as someone from a small town that did not have proper internet access at that point of time, I didn't know how to get there. So, but the stars aligned and to your question, when I landed in Lady Shiram College, how I landed is another, I was one of the very last few people to qualify on the basis of marks because the link cutoff, as you know, is very high, but because I'm from a state board, I, I, I barely made the cutoff, but then there was a test that saved my ass. I did very well in the test. Uh, then there was an interview where I did reasonably well. So I became one of the top 20. And then in order to qualify for the hostel, because uh, understandably, it would have been difficult for my parents to pay for the, you know, non-hostel accommodation, hostel hostel would be much better. I qualified for the hostel as well. So it it was incredible to get there. But very soon I realized, I thought I was the smartest in the town that I came from. Okay. Uh, I was acing all the debates. I was, you know, like I was, I was, I thought I was the cat's whiskers. And then I come to Delhi to what you have rightly said is one of the best colleges. I did not know that I was getting into one of the best colleges. I just thought, thank God that I have gotten into one of the colleges, right? And then I realized everybody around me is the best from where they come from, right? And I remember the, the exact moment that you're talking about, I decided that I had so much confidence that I decided that in my first year, at the end of the first year, I decided that I'm going to stand for general secretary of the students' union because I was wow. very popular. I, I I was winning debates, and I was like, you know what? Why why not take a popularity contest and you know be the leader that I think I am? And I still remember, and that's the moment that I think you're asking for. the The two girls before me, they were all from Delhi Public School, Arkipuram, the probably the most famous school in all of India. So they went up, they introduced themselves. They said, we are the head girls of DPS Arkipuram. Another one said, I am the head girl of Wellam Girls and all of that. So I went after them and I said, well, I am not the head girl of either DPS Arkipuram or Wellam Girls. I am the deputy head girl of St. Mary's Shillong. Most of you don't even know where Shillong is. But here's what I'm going to do for this college if I if you chose me. So... I think the the trick that I learned very early on is not to focus on where you came from or what you don't have, but what you can do and what you can bring to the table. Because where you came from can very quickly be diminished based the surroundings that you are in, right? So today, let's say mm-hmm. we are playing, you are based in Australia. So the talent pool in Australia will be very, very different from, let's say, the talent pool in India. Or likewise, the talent pool in APAC will be very, very different from the talent pool in India, right? When I go from APAC to, let's say, Japan, and I meet my colleagues in Japan, their sensibility, how they think about technology and art and the, the coming together of the two is very different. So if I keep to where I am versus what I can bring on the table, that's going to be the differentiator. Now, with the benefit of 20 years of hindsight, I can tell you all that. But on that day, frankly, I just wanted to win the election. I I just wanted to win the election because I knew how much support I had and I knew how strong my candidature was. And I knew that I wasn't going to win the election basis who I am. 
I was going to win the election basis, the plans I had. So that was the one day where I probably felt a little underconfident. But I, I can hand on my heart tell you that I was probably the most confident in college for some strange reason. I just I just couldn't care less. I was just like, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. It was, you can call it the folly of youth. Uh, I didn't care that I came from Shillong and you came from Delhi. I was just like, this is me. I, I think after that, a lot of life challenges get thrown at you. Like you said, you come out in the real world. But yeah, that moment felt like it could either take you down or you could say, yeah, so I'm from Shillong. Some of you think it's in Sri Lanka because you think it's Ceylon. <laughs> We had a little laugh about it, but this is what I can bring to the table. So I owned the moment, I think. LSR changed my life. I, I, I owe 50% of who I am today to that college. So I, I don't think I'm ever having kids, but if I ever had kids, I would, if I could, send them back to LSR because that place changes you for the better. Awesome. So I see a few traits over there that I would really like to highlight over here for our listeners and for, for our viewers, the youth across the globe. I see sheer hard work that you really, really worked hard and you did not really think about anything else except your goal at that point in time. And you knew what your current situation is, what are your ends, what are your means and resources that you have, and you eyed for, for the goal and you achieved it. And when you moved ahead, there, there was a time when you felt that there are stuff, there are things around you that might not be, you know, that might not be helpful for a lot of people. I think at that point in time, it's always a place where you feel you're not good enough. You feel underconfident. What will other people say? And these are all natural thoughts. And that's just a kind of thought process that every teenager or the youth goes yeah. through. I think you might have, but you had your own strong, confident upbringing that you always had. And I think more than that, this is what I feel. It was your passion to just do it and you really yeah. liked what you were doing it so yeah, that's how i see yeah that's how i see things moving ahead for you at that point in time and i really like your courage i would say because every time you do something like this definitely there is a factor of fear and as you very genuinely mentioned that every time you go up up the stage you have that three four seconds of fear and that's so natural but then yeah. this amazing person takes over. So I'm, I'm so glad to hear that how things, you know, carved out for you, how they shaped for you. And only because you worked hard, you really eyed that goal that you had. I think that's why things worked out for you. So yeah. that has been really interesting knowing how your, you know, university life had gone by. And I think from there, once you found another self, as you just mentioned that, that really contributed to the 50% of what you are today. How was your, the next few years, like up till coming to Netflix, what were you were most excited about and how did that change you or shape you at that point in time? So, you know, uh, that's, I mean, until between college and Netflix, I mean, that's pretty much all of my career. But I think something so interesting that you pointed out, Ishani, um, uh, especially for women, I, I'll point this out, I'm not trying to make it at all about gender. I'm sure men go through self-doubt as well especially for women. See, the world's going to doubt you. Okay. Don't add to that list is all I'm going to say. Don't add your own name to the list of self-doubters, right? It's very easy to say, I have also doubted myself. Then I've gone to the other extreme where people have said, oh, you really love yourself. And then I've looked them in the eye and say, so? So then 
that is that, that is not yeah that is not to say that i'm blind to my own flaws the fact yeah. that i can have a the fact that i can have a temper the fact that i'm impatient i am very very open to those uh i realize that they are my they are my flaws but self doubt and being close to your flaws are two totally different things men don't doubt themselves ever so often as we do so to to be fearless is is not going to happen in this lifetime but to fear a little less every day is an amazing thing to try that's number 1 okay so that's been my journey from college to netflix and even now so that's one thing that's kept me alive the second thing to keep in mind is hard work now i know that hard work has been demonized it's been called hustle i get it i get it that people are just like oh don't don't hustle at the cost of your mental health i am 100% for it like i am even before i knew what the buddhist philosophy of the middle path was i fell in love with it i bought a book i started meditating i'm not a buddhist by the way i actually i'm born hindu but i think i gravitate between being buddhist and being christian probably christianity because i went to a convent school and we used to go to the church every day in the in the school and buddhist because the philosophy of the middle path is just so strong for me right everything in moderation nothing in extremity so the philo- what is the philosophy of moderation that the middle path where you balance everything is the is the most beautiful way of living so you don't do anything in extremities right so why i'm telling you this is hustle is bad when you overdo something but hard work is not bad for anyone's health so just the other day someone when they learned of my move to wherever i'm going next and happy to talk about it they said oh my god i'm so jealous and i said there is nothing to be jealous of i will tell you what it has taken to get to where i am and you will probably not want to do it because it's because you see the final step and you say Always. i want that but if i told you what it took the decisions i made the things i have said no to the roles i have said no to the incredible roles i have said no to to say yes to this one the parties i have said no to the hours i have stayed late right the the papers i have written the a number of hours i have spent building my personal brand you want to do that i'll tell you how to do that i am very open about sharing how to do it you know why because the problem is i think we we just think of hard work as a bad thing we think of hard work as a boring thing we think that maybe forgive me for saying this maybe sitting and watching netflix is a more beneficial thing to us yeah sure we all need entertainment but no one successful got to where they did by doing only their 9 to 5 after your 9 to 5 there needs to be a 5 to 9 or a 5 to 7 or a 7 to 9 where you fuel your passion it can just be 3 hours over a weekend or just 1 hour every week night however you want to do it however big your passion is just do it and see how it accumulates over the years and it will accumulate is my guarantee but discipline oh boy that that thing that people hate the most they're like but you don't look like you're disciplined i'm like why because just because i like to have fun doesn't mean i go back home 
and sit for that one hour that I promised and write the things that I do. And that's essentially what I think sums up everything uh, that brings me to wherever, where, whatever little I have achieved, which is just to summarize for you, not be, not look at hard work as a monster. It's not, it's just really sitting yourself down, playing some nice cool music, having a nice cool drink, getting yourself into a mindset saying, I'm doing this for my good present and my good future. And I'm doing it because I really like it. Right. And doing it in a nice frame of mind. Second is just sort of really not doubting yourself because like I said, trust me, there is a long list of people outside waiting to do that for you. And lastly, just dismiss the notion of wanting to be fearless because you're never going to be fearless. Just try fearing a little less every day. And then when you compare yourself to the person that you were even six months back, you'd be like, man, I'm, I'm pretty snazzy. I'm like, I'm much, much cooler right now than I used to be like six months back. So yeah, I mean, that's been professionally and personally the last I really like that. I really like that we are touching upon the old school way of really going forward in your life, which is hard work. And that is so important and being disciplined. And I think doing a small thing every day, but improving in that in that small thing every day is what leads to success. That's exactly what Dipashri, you have just narrated to us your story your own story and i see that you're so much involved and so much into brand building your personal brand if you guys are really interested to see what dipashri is doing you must check her profile out on linkedin i would really say it's amazing uh, besides that dipashri what i'm really really interested to discuss over here because i think what you said was so so amazing that you will never be fearless you will have to fear less each day. You will always have the fear. So that was an amazing thing to maybe, you know, think about, to ponder upon and make a little bit of effort from our own end. But what I'm really interested to know from you, has there ever been a moment, maybe just one incident, where things just were not right for you it, and you felt like this is the end of the light? Maybe I think that, that, that might not be the kind of case with you because I feel like you're quite a confident person and you might have bounced back very very soon but if there's anything that you would like to share with our young listeners today that can really help them if they are into that deep end with any situation that they are in today Ishani can I tell you there have at least been five such big incidents in my life I'll not bore you with all of them and they have been a mix of three very big personal turmoils and two very big professional turmoils let me speak about one of the very big uh, professional turmoils that happened Back in 2009, when I first moved to Singapore, and uh, this was the height of the economic recession that was happening, you know, when when the entire bear market first happened and, you know, being very brave, I decided that I'll move to Singapore on the promise of a job. And unfortunately, that job did not happen. At the same time, what was happening was that I was doing very well at my job at NDTV and in order, you know, they, they were very kind, they wanted to retain me, so they had offered me a really exciting uh, programming head uh, role, which I, you know, said no to because I absolutely wanted to, like, you know, be in Singapore and all of that. Ultimate rock bottom low. I mean, I will not go into the details, but my personal life uh, was in absolute shambles. Uh, two years later, my marriage fell through. Uh, you know, we went fairly painful divorce. And I remember going from someone who was 
fairly successful early early on in her late 20s to early 30s feeling fairly professionally validated and personally contented to literally having both been taken away so the way i i think about that is i went from having everything to going and living in my friends houses for 6 months in singapore now and i can tell you this is just i i told you that there have been five of such incidents in my life and all of them have happened in the last 10 years so i do not take them lightly and 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 i i just think that when i say this you got to roll with the punches i also do not say it lightly right i think that when that hit me i did what i think anyone would do there is no rocket science no magic pill no silver bullet to this i looked deep within and i said what are the resources that i have i said that i wanted to continue staying in singapore i said that i needed to find myself a really good job and i looked at my career and i said i promise to nurture you with everything that i have every every ounce of my being that i have for my career i'm not all about my career i love my personal life i love my friends i love my family right i love my other passions but with every being of my career and my time i will give it my best right so what did i do i built an entire framework and it would be a lie if i told you that i built a framework then i didn't build it then i built it with hindsight i built it so i built a learning agenda i asked myself what are the things that i don't know that will help me qualify for the next bigger better job so much of it is free and we don't go looking for it so i started attending free workshops uh free networking forums uh free talks and courses and stuff like that and it's not just in singapore it's free here also so when people tell me oh you were fortunate to be in singapore i google five courses for them and i say please you can attend it here as well right number 2 mentorship so i sought out mentorship from a couple of people and i said that could you help me because i am a little lost these are the skills that i need to acquire and would you be able to set me in the right course what that meant was they just had two coffees each with me because no one has the time right let's be honest uh, over two weekends they had two coffees and they gave me advice which i wrote down and i executed right and the third thing that i did was i started using linkedin and i started observing people whose traits i would like to emulate right so i did that on the professional front on the personal front it was very important to surround myself with trustworthy friends so it's very important to identify who are the trustworthy friends and who are acquaintances and that phase of my life really taught me to differentiate between the two right uh, because i was living alone in singapore i did not necessarily have family so i learned to lean upon those friends as family so and i and i learned to identify who is that and who is not that last thing i'll leave you with is as women again and it's honestly a gender thing we need to learn how to take care of our money very very well right uh, there is no no day too early when we start to take care of our money if we haven't already started investing day before yesterday was the right time to start investing not even today not even yesterday right so let's start doing that now let's seek help there are online forums there are now instagram pages there are now you know invest investor gurus that are there to help us so let's get that help let's be financially secure i wasn't financially secure when my life fell apart
So I had to m- make some really tough choices. But now when a friend goes through similar situation, I'm like, okay, sit down, let's talk. Because I feel like I have the framework and I can help them and they don't need to go through the same, pardon my French, shit that I went through when I was much younger, right? And I would like for them to not go through the same shit that I did. So I think, uh, trust me, there is so much uh, darkness that everyone goes through. Some of us don't talk about it openly. Uh, I'm very open about it. Like there is a book that's been written about it. So uh, you can't be more open than a book. But yeah, like like I said, there's a total of five, six such incidents that have happened in the last 10 years. It is what it is. Life rolls you lemons and you make tequila with it. So. First of all, Divashi, I would like to say that thank you so much for sharing your really, really deep-rooted personal experiences. Whenever that happens on this show, I feel really happy that in a way that everyone who we have over here, they are able to share their most vulnerable point in their life. And that is helping out so many youngsters out there. Uh, This also makes us feel relatable and also makes us understand that each one of us, be it whatever phase in our life, we are going through similar or the same struggle. But what is really amazing in your journey is to see that definitely you have gone through a very difficult phase, but then you just took a step back and then you thought that I need to work my way through this. There's no way that you're going to live with that feeling of not being able to go anywhere from here and that you have to make your life worth living the worth you. It was so good to know that the kind of framework that you have established. And I really like that you are really touching upon a very important factor for everyone, especially women over here, is to take care of your finances that we are actually not taught about. So. I was actually quite very, very engrossed in your story when you were saying, because I was like learning a lot of things over there and uh, congratulations to whatever you've done so far. It, it was definitely not easy and I wish you luck. And I think I'm, I'm really going to be just standing on the side and rooting for you, rooting for you for whatever you do in the future. I mean, I have a lot of questions to ask, but I know that we need to wrap up a little bit soon as well and probably uh, I would be more than happy to keep following you and also invite our listeners and and our viewers to know a bit more about your journey because I think successful people like you who have gone through failures but have taken failures as the next step to success is something that we all need to learn from the mindset needs to change and I can definitely see a leader in you only because you are always ready to help the other person not go through the wrong way if you can help them and always leading by example and i think i that's the trait that you are looking for in a in a leader in a in a really good leader that you're always setting an example you're leading by action that's the best kind of leadership that i think i resonate with and i can see that in you before we wrap up, I, I always ask my guest speakers to leave us with top three tips for, you know, for our listeners. But I want to do it a little differently with you. Um, imagine that probably you must have gone through this situation n number of times. If you are interviewing someone, a, a youngster for okay. a post in content brand or in marketing, the sense is that you're interviewing. What are the top three traits that you will see in that person? that you think that can help that person go go far in their career? Okay, so I've done this, obviously. So in the past, okay. So 
first of all, I look for what you just said. One of the things is uh, I struggled a lot with uh, failure and not wanting to fail. Okay. Comes with the fact that when you have limited resources in life, you know that Eminem song where he says failure is not an option. Ridiculous. <laughs> this is my only chance. And you're like, you're telling yourself this is my only chance. It's not, right? So the, I reframed failure in my head last year. I told myself, and maybe your listeners and, and some of us can do that as well. Failure is an incredible opportunity to learn something and learn to do something in a different way, which we wouldn't have if we hadn't failed. That's just what it was, right? Now, I look for that in a person, uh, especially in the past few years as we have interviewed for the team and whatever occasions I've had to talk to people much younger than me, oftentimes 10 years younger than me, right? Uh, that's number one. And number two, what we look for is curiosity, just unending curiosity. Curiosity has, it's a broad umbrella. It means you're curious about the job, but not in an in a, in a, in an academic way. It's not like, you know, like I've seen the JD, the job description, and I've just done a tick mark on that. We can, or at least I can, and people far more seasoned than I am, they can re they can smell that from a distance. Like when someone prepares for the JD, you know, especially like in an interview, they are like, just like they in the first answer, they are like, mm -hmm. yeah, okay, we know what you're doing, right? So, but curiosity is more than that. Curiosity is a genuine uh, inquisitiveness about the area of your work. The job description is a very small subset in that area, Okay. So how curious are you about the information of the job as well as the knowledge that surrounds the broader area? How curious are you about the culture, the subculture, about the developments that are uh, happening in the industry? And therefore, the first thing that I told you about, if you are curious, then you won't have a problem failing, Absolutely. right? Because otherwise, if you're not curious, you're like, oh my God, blinders on, there's only one way to do, do stuff. Yeah. The third thing I want to say, you'll not probably not hear many people say it, is you should be a lot of fun. Because, you know, like we work in a really young industry, young because for this industry, right, I'm particularly our industry, which is media and entertainment. I, I, I think about many people ask me to give a, like a serious quote about, you know, like, what is the future going to look like? I'm like, friend, the future is now. We are in the future, right? Incredible. So, so now if you think about it, if the future is now and you guys, the younger lot are shaping it and we are just sort of helping to somehow drive that, you know, fast moving bullet train in some semblance of sanity towards the right direction, right? If you're not having fun, don't come here because I cannot begin to tell you the absolute roller coaster that this industry is. So one day your life is going to look like this and you're going to get up saying, oh, it's sorted. By 6 p.m. in the evening, your day is not going to look in at all like the way it started. And you're just going to be looking at your partner and you're going to be like, okay, so we have to change everything. And he's going to be like, yeah, we have to change everything. If you're not going to be smiling at the end of it, and if you're not going to be, you know, somewhere in the back of my mind, I always tell my agency counterparts, I always tell myself, let's have fun because like Al Pacino said, fun is a very serious business. Fun is a very serious business. If you're not having fun, you're actually going to really not be able to do this job. And I mean it. Like till 
I used to tell myself, and this is not a lie, I will quit a job if I'm not having fun doing it. And that's the reality. You are not going to be of any use to your team, to your partners, to your bosses, if you stop having fun. So those are my three, three of many qualities that I'd look for. Golden words. And I think it's always important for a person who is going for a job or even, you know, going to crack a deal to keep yourself in the shoe of the other person who is going to meet you. And I think today it was, I think this was completely our pleasure. And we were fortunate that we have you over here, that we can ask you, we can peep in your mind and see that what really ticks for people who are hiring youngsters or the youth who really want to make that first make that big move or take the first step. So thank you, Dipashri. I have enjoyed so much just listening to your story and how marvelously and, you know, I wouldn't say effortlessly because I think there's a lot that goes in, but you, it looks like that you have effortlessly put in a lot of efforts and it has gone a really, really, it's gone very well from where we can see, but I'm sure that there's a lot more to your story. And I hope and wish that probably we can have you again and might discuss something more about brand and content. The queen that you're, you're the queen of brand and content. And I would love to discuss that. I'm just, you know, one of the many, many, I do not think of myself at all as a queen, but I, I this is my playground. I am just having a lot of fun doing what I do. And I'm very happy to come back anytime you want me to. Thank you. Thank you so much. And do you have any favorite quote or saying, whatever you like, there's no pressure on this one that you'd like yes. to share with our listeners? I think I love uh, a lot of Rumi's quotes. In fact, it's up on my wall, so I, 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 I can see it now. So one of, one of my favorite quotes that I live by, it's very philosophical. It says, what you seek is seeking you. Very, very old quote by uh, Rumi. And the other one is actually in Hindi or Farsi or Urdu. So I might mispronounce some of the words. So forgive me. It says, Khudhi ko kar bulan vitna ki har takdeer se pehle which loosely translated means make yourself so strong that before writing any of your destiny, God stops to ask, God stops to ask you, tell me, what do you want? So I find that so beautiful that your destiny can be written in partnership with you if you are strong enough. So it's beautiful. It's going to be my next tattoo. <laughs> so I have it on my wall right now. It's going to be my next tattoo. I just have to stop being lazy and go to the tattoo parlor to get it done. So That sounds really cool to have a tattoo. And that is an amazing thing to have a tattoo about. And thank, thanks that you had the translation ready because I started thinking, let me translate it. <laughs> so yeah. thanks for for your doing all the homework that you do. Uh, and thank you so much for being on my first step ever, Dipashri. I'm going to leave a link to Dipashri's LinkedIn profile. And if you're really interested, I think by now you must be, just check out her work. And I think you're going to love her as a person. And there's so much to learn from so many people out there. Thank you, Dipashri, for being on my first step ever. And as I always say, start believing in yourself and keep believing in yourself. Hi, my friends. If you have reached thus far today, Firstly, thank you so much. It really means that you have learned something out of today's episode and you have enjoyed. 
So why don't you share it with me and let me know that what is that you have learned and what would you like to listen more in the upcoming episodes. I love to build a relationship with my viewers and audiences and know what really is that helping them. So you can follow me on my Instagram handle which is at my first step ever underscore in and subscribe to my YouTube channel for weekly video updates. And yes, if you like what I do over here, follow my first step ever on Google, Apple or Spotify and please drop your rating my show and comment well this can be a way you can help me achieve my dreams to reach out to millions who need to hear this as i help you in your journey in taking the first step ever until next time start believing in yourself and most importantly keep believing in yourself